And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, March 26th. And I know for a lot of you that this weekend is going to be a big time to do your taxes, even if you know that that extension is out there. You're still going to prepare, right? Because I just want to remind you once again, even though the tax filing deadline has been pushed to May 17th, if you make quarterly payments, and that's a lot of you who listen, if you make quarterly payments, your first quarter payment is still due on April 15th. So don't make this mistake because it can be costly and we don't want you to have any extra costs. So please pay attention to that. Okay. Now this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. And we do that by answering your questions. You can send us your financial question in two ways. An email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Or you can just be on the website, jillonmoney.com and click the contact button. It's so easy. So let's start with a note from Sean, who writes the following. Hi, Jill. I love your podcast, and I've been a faithful listener for the last few months now. I have two different questions. I'm 36. My wife is 37. We have a three-year-old child. We live in a Mark says that this is what this stands for. I never heard this acronym before. M-C-O-L. Mod, he thinks it's moderate cost of living area. Mark, I'd learn something from you every day. It's amazing. Anyway, Sean is writing this. He says this is in this moderate cost of living area. He's got an annual income of $450,000. My God, it's amazing. We've been saving aggressively for the past several years. They're in their 30s. This is unbelievable. They've got a net worth of $1.9 million. They have $650,000 in a taxable account and $410,000 in work-related 401ks, $23,000 in a solo 401k, his wife's an independent contractor, $115,000 in the 529 and the kids only three. I think you're done, by the way. Twenty-four grand in crypto. They also have eighty-five grand in Roth IRAs. They do backdoor Roths every year. They've got a six-month emergency fund. It's fully funded in a high-yield savings account. 
I don't even know why they're writing. They're in better shape than I am. All the investments outside of crypto are in ETFs through Vanguard. They also have about $550,000 of equity in their home. No other debt. We've worked really hard and we're a bit tired. You're tired? You're only 36. (laughs) We were wondering what would be a good savings rate going forward. We're thinking 30% gross, but we find it hard to actually spend a decent amount of our money since we've been such savers over the last several years. We'd like to advise on how people bring more financial balance to their lives and allow for them to enjoy the monetary fruits of their labor a bit more. Also, I find it hard not to take on some bigger bets with my investment portfolio. Uh, Maybe allocate 5% to high-risk moonshot investments. I'm not sure if it's just fear of missing out or taking over part of my financial psyche at this point. Thank you. Yeah, he said, Mark Slide points out that you already took the moonshot. It was Bitcoin. So, you know, that worked out well so far. All right, here's the thing. I always work backwards. You're saying, what's your savings rate? I look ahead and I say, you're 36. You want to run your retirement scenario based on you retiring at age, let's call it 62 for the heck of it, or 60, and work backwards and find out how much you need to save to hit your goals. I can't help you spend your money if you're just not saver, if you're not spenders. Although Mark and I would be happy to give you a crash course on how to spend your money on travel. Besides that, you know, if you can't figure out how to enjoy your life a little more, I don't know. I feel like you need a therapist, not me. But why don't you find some amount of money that is your savings and then allocate some money as your fun account? Can you do that? It's such a problem. I know. It's like, it's, this is not a problem, okay? I understand. By the way, Mark, it's true that we have had questions like this from people who, like, they just can't enjoy themselves. I don't know what to say to them. I'm so sorry for you that you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, Mark says that maybe you're just paranoid. You know, sometimes people who start like that, the paranoid people or people who are really hard, maybe they come from a place of scarcity in their lives. Maybe they had families that are, you know, were really hit in a way financially. And maybe that these people essentially have to learn how to slowly just incorporate a modest amount of spending. Maybe it's kind of like this. Here's the analogy that comes to mind for me. When I was um, in college and I gained a whole bunch of weight and then I went to Weight Watchers and I lost a, a wild amount of weight in my senior year of college. But after I lost the weight, it was very hard to learn how to not be dieting constantly. So what you had to learn how to do is like slowly but surely reintroduce certain foods back and become I don't know, like uh, just more normal and more balanced. And so maybe that's it. Maybe it's just allowing yourselves to have some slush fund of money that is available to you and you spend it. Let us know how it goes. And if you need to spend a lot of money, we'll help you. Okay. Gina says that uh, my partner and I are Americans. We're in our thirties. We live in Switzerland. Hmm. We don't plan to stay here indefinitely. We'd like to save for retirement in the U.S. We have a Roth IRA from before we move, but we have not been contributing to it because we understand we can't, given that we're paying Swiss, not U.S. taxes. We don't make enough or have enough assets to make a financial planner a logical option. How can we legally save for retirement while we remain in Switzerland? How about just saving in a non-retirement account? That's about all I can tell you. Just keep saving. You're not going to be there forever. There's probably a rule about the earn, the amount of income earned and where they're paying taxes. Find out from an accountant. Where are you filing your taxes? That's what I would do. 
Karen has just discovered that her employer offers a 457 in addition to a 403B. She says, I max out a Roth and a 403B. Should I also invest in the 457? I will have a pension of about $45,000 or so a year. Thanks for your advice. I love the show. Karen, I don't want to go crazy. Are you maxing out your 403B and maxing out your Roth? And do you now also have extra money to put into a 457? Sure. But on the other hand, you can also save some money in non-retirement assets. I don't want to go too crazy because, you know, I don't want all of your money to be tied up in these tax deferred accounts, which can cause some problems later on. Uh, this is a question from Holly. It's been a year after I sent you an email below. I sent it in May of 2020 and you responded in May of 2020. <laughs> I responded six days after. Mark, how did that happen? That never happens anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was an army veteran. I think we boost those army folks up to the top. We do. Anyway, she says, I was totally shocked. Okay. So whatever she said, she's gotten a fidelity account. It's worth $351,000. She's got $150,000 in cash and she wants to invest. She said, I wanted to invest a hundred to $200 a month. And you recommended a U.S. stock index fund, an international stock index fund, and a general bond index fund. Would you recommend the same? I'm speaking with a Vanguard certified financial planner in April. Uh, the Vanguard would charge about 0.3%. Fidelity grew from $100,000 in 2018 to where are we now in Fidelity? 350 with no manager. My other thought was to figure out how to pick funds through a, a model al asset allocation. Um, and I'm sending this on a wing and a prayer that I get a response. Here's your response. You ready? You have a lot of money now. You don't need the Vanguard person, but if you want the Vanguard person to help you map out an asset allocation, then sure. But I think that maybe with all this money, I, I might have a similar asset allocation. I might throw a commodities fund in there just for the heck of it, just for fun. And maybe I'd even put in a, instead of a bond index fund, I might have some in a US bond index, some in a foreign bond index fund, just in case there's a little inflation. We often will say, I say this very quickly on so many shows, a robo, a robotic advisor platform, a basically a digital platform like Vanguard, where you get some financial advice. And with the amount of money you have, you can do that at Betterment. You could do that at Vanguard, which is their personal service advisor. You can do it through Schwab, the intelligent portfolio. You could even do it at the sponsor of our radio show, Facet Wealth. And you can look at these and decide. But it sounds like you're doing such a great job, Holly. I'm not sure you really need anybody, but if you'd like somebody as another set of eyes, that seems fine. Sarah writes, I love your practical advice on the show. I hope you can help me feel confident in my goals towards financial independence, retire early. Okay. Oh my God, Mark. My husband and I are 45 years old. Our net worth is $5 million. Holy smokes. Okay. But wait, it includes our primary residence and two duplexes in California. They've got a total market value of 3.2 million outstanding mortgage loans of 1.4. All right. That's amazing. Holy moly. $2.2 million in total 401k plans. We max out every year, though admittedly wish we also funded IRAs when we did qualify. Yeah, you know, too bad. We've been fortunate. 
because we're in lucrative careers. They make $700,000 gross income a year. Oh my God. This is like the rich show today. They save $200,000 a year. They've got 529 plans for both kids. They've maxed out HSAs, health savings accounts for the last five years. That's great. They've got three life insurance policies, a whole life, a trust, and an umbrella policy. We have a brokerage account with a million dollars and it's savings of 300,000. My goal is to retire as close to 52 years old as possible. My husband doesn't mind working for a bit longer. While all the retirement calculators tell me I have a high probability of success, I can't help but think, is there anything I'm missing? As a side note, my idea is to buy more real estate properties to create passive income when I retire early, or should I be putting annual savings into a brokerage account? Thank you so much. The biggest thing to think about when you retire early and you're saying 52 is that you have 13 long years until you qualify for Medicare. So when you look at your expenses, you better be putting in a big fat number for health insurance. Now I know you're saving in a health savings account. I would just make sure that when you run your retirement numbers, you've got a big, again, a big number in for your health care. And that's a lot, a lot of years to finance before you would claim social security, which I presume you're going to try to wait as long as possible. So when you run the numbers, just be incredibly conservative. What is the easiest way, Mark, to hit your retirement goals? How about keep working? Hi, Jill and Mark. This is from Deandra. I'm a high school math teacher and I'm a big fan of your show. It has been a rough year for teachers, students, and parents. My district recently came back in the classroom for a hybrid model. Half the kids are in the class each day. The other half work remotely. As I thought about how to talk to the kids about balancing things like working hard while still giving each other grace, focusing on learning, even if it's not as much as we would learn in a normal year, and accepting that, your new motto, grit, growth, grace, came to mind. It's perfect. I'm including a photo where I wrote it on my whiteboard. My classes discuss what each word means, and I remind them on a daily basis, and they appreciate the motto too. Another bonus, I've told them all about your podcast. I don't know if I've sold them on it. They just think I'm a major nerd, but at least they know there is such a thing as personal finance podcasts out there. Thanks so much for all you do. Deandra in Washington state. That makes me so happy. And I really do like that one. And I I've been thinking Mark that when I'm done saying, wash your hands, wear your mask, maintain your physical distancing, that I'm going to just keep saying grit, growth, grace. That's going to be our 2021. And we'll come up with a mantra every year. Cause we're going to be doing this for a long time. Deandra, you made our day. It was great. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we are, hey, we're going to answer a bunch of more questions for you guys over the weekend. We've got calls all lined up and uh, no guests this weekend. We're going to do, we got to get through all of you. You're, you come first always. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman, Mark Telercio. He is our executive producer extraordinaire. We are distributed by Cadence 13. We always will remind you, at least as long as this is necessary to wash your hands, to wear your masks, to maintain your physical distancing. Do something for someone else today. Really, it will make you feel better. That's what Deandra did for us. Grit, growth, grace. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.